0: If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at Your sponsorship may be tax-deductible. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of How You Play the Game, the official podcast. I wish I could say it correctly. That'd be a great start, right? The official podcast of the Osep Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of August, and the year is 2022. So glad you could be with us. As always, you can check us out online. Our web address is osepfoundation.org. You can contact the show with the email address, podcast at osipfoundation.org on social media we're at facebook.com slash osipfoundation twitter and instagram are both at osipfoundation hashtag how you play the game select episodes are available on youtube our apparel store is on bonfire and our book on sportsmanship a critical reader and handbook is available now on amazon our producer engineer sean ryan is on assignment a well-deserved assignment and uh i'll take the blame for that one because i was having audio issues when we were going to try and get this done and i don't even know if it's fixed so this could be a complete waste of my time but we'll see so hopefully you're hearing this when you're supposed to be hearing this so i'll be soloed uh for this one today but uh it'll be a quick one easy one no problem whatsoever um you know there's a lot going on in, in sportsmanship right now um i was thinking about it we're there, there's a lot to tackle so quickly, and, and yet we only have the ability to tackle a delineated number of things. So, forgive us if what we discuss today is not at the height of the sportsmanship talk. Um, you know, to, to put these episodes together can be, can be tough sometimes because you know that there are a lot of topics, there's a lot of material, and um, we try and, and make it a reasonably uh, well timed episode as best we can. Both in when it drops and uh, how long it goes, but uh, so we'll we'll get to uh, what we can today. Um, I would be remiss if I did not open uh, by acknowledging the passing of the late great Vin Scully, uh, legendary Dodgers broadcaster. He there there are there are no words to describe uh, Vin that have not already been said. so, so all I can do is is try and paint my own picture. Um, you know, growing up when I did, I did not appreciate or even acknowledge who Vin Scully was for the longest time. I just, I just had no idea. Um, you know, by the time I was watching baseball religiously on Fox and you know the the national networks for the postseason and whatnot. Uh, he was not doing games much anymore, you know. Um, you know when it was on NBC, it was it was Bob Costas, and then it was switched over to Fox, and it was Joe Buck and Tim McCarver, and you just didn't get, you know, Vin Scully the same way anymore. And he was he was getting up there too. He wasn't that old yet, but uh, you know it was a it was a different time for me, and you know I I was being a Yankee fan. You know you you honed in on. Yankee broadcasts mostly and I should recognize also you know I grew up in an area where for whatever reason we did not get Yankee games on television until the Yes Network launched you know we had we lived in in a a small area here in central New Jersey where the cable company did not carry MSG it was the weirdest thing so, I only got to see the Yankee games on, you know, Pix 11 or Fox 5, depending upon which local network had the rights that particular year. Um, you know, so you would get Phil Rizzuto, you would get Bobby Mercer, you would get, you know, Tim McCarver, you know, stuff like, you know, people like that. So, I did not discover Vin Scully until I had to purchase the MLB.TV package. Uh, when uh, my current uh, cable provider dropped the S-Network. And that's when I realized, hey, I have access to all these games. And I started watching different games and turned on the Dodger game one night. And there was Vince Scully. And I, I, fell, I fell in love immediately. And at that point, you know, what was, what was funny about it was that I, I, I then started watching Dodger games after Yankee games because uh, of Vin Scully. I had no rooting interest in the Dodgers per se. I just wanted to hear Vin you know and and that that was kind of a catalyst for me because you know in, in an ear, you know in an earlier episode Sean and I were talking about how uh, I can't remember which which writer wrote it you know saying that no one watches baseball for the announcers. well, you know I was the one who did. Thanks to Vin, you know, I, I learned to, to appreciate all of baseball because of Vin Scully. Because of him, I learned that when the Yankees were done, I could switch on a Dodger game late at night and listen to him for three hours. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And thanks to that, thanks to listening to Vin... Then I discovered the other broadcasters that I enjoyed. And that gave me an appreciation for other teams. You know, because of because of VIN, not only did I uh, learn so much about the Dodgers, I then started watching the San Francisco Giants because I enjoyed uh, Dwayne Kuyper and Mike Kruko, who are still there, and and John Miller on the radio. I think Dave Fleming is the only one I don't enjoy. And I so now I have, I have you know an appreciation for the San Francisco Giants. Then I started watching, and listening to the Mariners a little bit because I like Dave Sims, uh, as as a broadcaster, you know. Then then you you pick up, you know the Padres, then you pick up the Athletics, then you know then you start moving into the central and you know you pick up uh, the, the Kansas City Royals and Bob Euchre with the Brewers oh my god I, I start I listen to Brewers games now because of Bob Euchre so you learn about these teams or at least I learned about these teams because of the broadcasters I just loved listening to them and as a result you be you learn about the teams you become appreciative of the teams their histories their rosters the whole nine yards so i really owe that to vin scully i think you know he he helped to broaden my horizons to see baseball beyond just the yankees and i'm still a yankee fan and i still appreciate the yankees and i still root hard but now i have the ability to watch other games and enjoy them Uh, i didn't have that years ago and now i do uh so that's I that's why one of the reasons I want to say thank you to Vin Scully. Um and the other reason is because he he was the greatest when it comes to umpires. You know, the story is well told that because of his relationship with Bruce Freming, all of the umpires when they would go to Dodger Stadium, would would salute Vin. And he gave the greatest respect. He was, he was a gentleman and a scholar when it came to umpires. Uh, how many umpires have gone on record saying, I didn't feel like I really made it until I heard Vin Scully say my name? And how Vin Scully would use the media guide to inform the listeners about umpires. It, it was amazing. And, and, and that's another reason why I hold Vin in such high regard. Um, you know, in, in the times when sometimes it's tough as an umpire to strap it on and go out there because you're afraid of of, of the, the poor sportsmanship, you're afraid of missing calls, you're afraid of conflict, all that kind of stuff. Um, thinking about Vin and the way he might call a game when when you're working it kind of lightens it up a little bit uh so so we're gonna miss we're gonna miss vin i'm gonna miss vin um i never knew vin personally but it was just it's i think it's just the right thing to acknowledge what he meant to me uh and and to to say that there's a you know there thanks to him i have a new appreciation for the game of baseball and uh we're gonna miss you vin and, uh but I'm sure we'll uh we'll see you on the other side now staying with the Dodgers uh the other thing I wanted to discuss today uh is Joey Gallo so Joey Gallo was traded from the Yankees to the Dodgers on August 2nd for the trade deadline if you know anything about Joey Gallo and what has happened, he was acquired last year prior to the trade deadline, and then this year he has just been a colossal failure. You know, it has been he he, he just didn't perform. He was batting, you know, barely one hundred plus at a you know, a dozen home runs, but he was a strikeout machine and it was clear that he was not going to be able to produce here. So his his time was limited. Well, as they approached the trade deadline, Joey Gallo did an interview with NJ.com. And in this interview, he was very candid. He was very vulnerable. He was very open he said he, he essentially admitted he goes I know I was terrible Um, I'm not I'm not bemoaning fans for booing me I, I, I feel bad that I didn't perform and some of the things that were said in this interview they asked him what's it been like for you when Yankee fans notice you on the streets are they rough on you away from the ballpark too and Gallo said I don't go out in the streets because he said I really don't want to show my face too much around here. That's tough, man. You know, he the poor guy just he he felt like he, you know, he he felt like a piece of blank, okay? He, he that's how bad he felt. He took this game pretty seriously. He took his job pretty seriously. He wasn't he wasn't aloof. And in an industry that is filled with testosterone and filled with this 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 male dominance of anger and, and, and you know the, the masks that they wear, etc. Um, I I have an appreciation for for what Joey said because I think we all want to do well. We all don't want to be booed. And you know what? Yes, fans in New York will boo players when they don't perform. I think Joey Gallo gave off the the air that he understood that by not performing he was going to get booed. But he he took it in a way where he said, "I take this so seriously that I I feel embarrassed to even leave the house. You know, there are a lot of other players who they knew they would get booed and they'd still go out. And then here's the, here's the other thing too. The way that fans are in New York you, you would almost have to wager that they would say something along the lines of, "Okay, Guy gets booed for not performing, and then he goes out, and then he gets caught out by paparazzi, etc. And you know, the next thing you know, fans are calling New York sports talk radio saying, "This guy's not even hitting, you know, 200, and he's out partying. Why? He doesn't deserve to go out and party. He should go home and rest and get ready for the game the next day because he's terrible. So he's in a no-win situation. And what Joey Gallo decided to do was to be open, honest, and vulnerable. Say, I, I, I know I'm terrible right now." So anyway, when when he got traded, Michael Kay said something on the Yes Network and blamed Gallo basically for playing the victim. This is what Kay said, quote, They did not go out of their way, they being the fans, they did not go out of their way to boo a guy that was actually doing a decent job. He was a failure here at New York for whatever reason. Whether the pressure of having to win became a big deal, whether he just got his swing out of whack because he mentally was not right while he was here. Okay. And he continues and he says, quote, he deserved to be booed. I don't think the fans were extra special hard on him. I look at what the fans did to Giancarlo Stanton when he first got here. That was unfair. I mean, the first game he ever played here, they booed him. The guy earned, this guy earned the boos. I think what Kay is missing here is that at nowhere does Joe is Joey Gallo calling out the fans like, how dare they boo me? Gallo is accepting it. He says, I deserve to get booed. But, but he's saying, I feel bad about it. He's literally saying, I feel bad that I didn't perform here. And I feel like I don't deserve to to be here. He's not, you know, that's the kind of stuff. He's, he says, I feel bad. When I heard this, I was beside myself. I was like, well, I don't understand, Michael Kay, why you had to go on this tirade. Former Yankee pitcher Phil Hughes actually weighed in on on social media and said, quote, He references an article but never quotes Joey once. Kay knows his radio show listeners eat this stuff up. If you're going to bash a player publicly, at least be at least be critical of something he actually said. To which Kay then replied, Phil, this wasn't for my radio show. It was on the Yes Network. Also, I think with the internet, it's quite easy to find what he said, and there is only a limited time to disseminate such info. Most Yankee fans know what Joey said, essentially bemoaning the fans' booze. See, that's where I deviate. Was he bemoaning the fans' booze? No, I heard that as, I got it. I heard you." Hughes replied with the following, And then, and he kind of quoted, uh, closed it out by saying this. He says, "Quote: Being booed, booed sucks. It's okay to say it sucks. Going home every night, not knowing if it will be your last, wearing a major league uniform sucks. Having human emotion isn't a sign of weakness or self pity. That's all. Go baseball. That's the important thing here. And kudos to Phil Hughes for saying it." Joey Gallo was basically admitting he had human emotion. He's not saying, woe is me. He could have declined this interview with NJ.com. Well, what would we say then? Joey Gallo did an interview with NJ.com that he did not have to do. He was open and honest. And, and Michael K is going to rip him for that. I'm sorry you know and I I'm all about forgiveness I mean that's part of sportsmanship you know we we make mistakes we shouldn't cancel people you know people people should be allowed people are allowed to have respectful opinions that differ etc but The way that Phil Hughes called Michael Kay out here kind of just sheds light on something. There's still this old guard of how to view performance in New York. Yes, Yankee fans, fans of any New York sports team, demand wins. They demand success. I'm not going to argue that. It's different in New York. Just like it's different in Philadelphia, you know, it's different in Boston, etc. And yet, Joey Gallo did one of the bravest things that he could do. He opened up, he was vulnerable, and he said, Now I get it. And now he's with the Dodgers, and they're going to try and resurrect his career. You know what? Good for Joey Gallo. Because when I was watching him as a Yankee fan, let me tell you, I would watch him and say, "No, yeah, no, this guy, this guy's not hitting. He can't be in the lineup." I knew he sucked. He, I knew he knew he sucked. You know, I was looking at it and I was like, "Yeah, the guy, the guy is a detriment to the team right now." He is an automatic out. He can't be he's got to be benched. For the purposes of winning baseball, you cannot play him. That's fair. That's all fair, well, good, etc. I did not want him in my starting lineup, and I felt trading him away was the right thing to do. And yet I tip my cap to Joey Gallo for being mature about it. I'm, I'm I'm disappointed in the media again. Why did we have to kick Joey Gallo while he was down, Michael K? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Well, I told you this would be a short one, right? That's about it for me. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to Sean for still producing this uh, this episode, even though he's on assignment. Uh, as always, you can check us out at osafoundation.org. Contact the show with the address podcast at OsepFoundation.org. On social media, Facebook.com slash OsepFoundation. Twitter and Instagram at OsepFoundation. Hashtag HowYouPlayTheGame. Select episodes available on YouTube. Apparel store on Bonfire. Book on Amazon. We'll talk to everybody in September. Can't believe it's going to be September. Oh, my God. Time is flying. Where's it going? Anyway hope you have a fantastic rest of August. Stay out of the heat, wear sunscreen, and as always, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.